Every time I hear this theme music, I feel like I'm going to play Halo. Don't you think <laughs> it sounds like Halo a little bit? Yeah. It's got that, like... It's got the... It's got the... Uh, the opera voice. It, it is, yeah. And it's, it's that, like, choral... Elysium... It's epic. And it's epic. Uh, yeah, no, and it makes me want to kill my friends. We'll change it. I, I didn't have <laughs> enough time. I didn't have enough time this this week. I thought it would be fun because I I feel like I know you pretty well. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we've we've been friends for a Maybe. while. Um, but I I'm I realized that on the last podcast that I talk a lot and I say like a lot and do it a lot, which is unrelated to what I'm about to tell you. But I actually came up with some questions that I was just going to ask you. <laughs> so this is like twenty questions interview Nate podcast basically, but they're not like what's your favorite color and what's your favorite food? These are like a little more thought provoking questions okay. uh, to see how you answer, put you on the spot, edit out the silence, edit out the silence. And, and uh, I actually think it would almost be more beneficial if you just kind of spoke from the heart and didn't really think too much about them. Um, okay. Are you okay with this? Sure. <laughs> what is your favorite sex position? I'm kidding. That's not on here. We all know That's it's question seven. missionary missionary. <laughs> Um, okay. What is the best, what are the best and worst purchases you've ever made? Um, and by the way, I don't know if I can answer half of these questions. So worst purchase, a racing drone. (laughs) I was thinking that too. Uh, no, that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a bad purchase. And we will get back to the racing drones at some point. It's just Um, hard to do in the winter. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Best and worst. And maybe just the best if you can't think of the worst. Um, dang, uh, an engagement ring, dude. I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, as I was writing that question, I was You're like, like oh, he's, he's totally going to say the engagement no. ring. Uh, motorcycle. Great. Awesome. Valid. Best. Totally good. Not just because it's a motorcycle and two wheels, but honestly, like the, the times of the trips that I've been able to take with my dad yeah. or even by myself and, or with Paul or something, uh, has been awesome and just afforded a different kind of opportunity to go out there. Um, I mean, I enjoy driving and I enjoy seeing new places and a motorcycle is just an excuse to go do that more, but it's even more so than just driving around in a car. There's definitely more of an experience around it. So totally. Um, and then a bad purchase. I'm just trying to think of something even recently that was a stupid waste of money. (laughs) Um, and it doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have to be your all time worst. It can just be whatever. There's got to be something good. I can't believe I can't think of anything. We can always edit out the I might, I might come back to it. Okay. Um, next question. And honestly, uh, some of this was just to make sure that, because I know you so well, a lot of people that are coming into this don't really know who you are. And we figured, let's let's get to know Nate, but not... So we'll get to know, yeah, we'll get to know you later, right? Yeah, not really. I'm an open book. Uh, what is the dumbest way you've been injured? <laughs> Uh, dumbest way couple of those and what was the injury um well the most recent one um was at a friend's bachelor party and right um and this was like yeah this was kind of a a legit injury uh i'll give you i'll give you two but this first one um we were we were down in mexico at an all-inclusive resort taking full advantage it sounds so nice i sure want to go yeah uh no actually it was really nice just don't do what i did um, we were taking full advantage of the all-inclusive aspect, but I was sober enough to recognize how disgusting the pool is, especially the swim-up bar pool. Oh, those just are like 
Those are filthy. Oh, it is. It is it's like semen and margaritas. One of the grossest things that you could step foot into. And yeah, it's thick. You get in there and it like sticks oh, to you. And it's hot. Yeah. Like, oh. Especially because it's warm outside, but they also either heat the water or <sighs> they just, stupid. the pee is, is heating it up. Um, well, that's a nice bit of So I, I was trying desperately not to be in the water. I was like dangling my feet in. Um, and the, the way that the pool is set up, it was weird. There's, there's like the swim up bar. Um, and then in the middle of the water were this was another um like deck bulkhead where they had two or three cocktail tables right. that were like built oh, yeah. into the totally pool. Like, yep. So with that there were these two um these two little pathways where the water could still come in and out and you could walk. Like if you're in the pool, you could walk between the swim up bar and then the main pool area. Gotcha. And the guys who were serving the drinks and cleaning up were hopping over this gap, you know, nonstop. They were wearing sneakers and were stone cold sober. <laughs> right. Um, and so they're jumping back and forth all day long and I watched them do it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I guess I, that's, that's normal. People so can I do can that. do this. So I did it like three or four times. Right. But it was like back and forth, getting like drinks and yeah, no problem. And sure enough, the last time as everybody says, all right, let's go, let's get out of here. I'm like, okay, cool. Stand up after having a few more drinks right. and being pretty dehydrated out in the hot Mexican sun. Uh, I go to jump, land on this big patch of sunscreen, and my right <laughs> foot slips out. My left leg goes straight down in the water. Oh, geez. Jam my kneecap right on the side of the pool and just tore up my patellar tendon. So did you actually break? I didn't kneecap? break anything. So I, I played it off cool. I got up. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah great. And everybody at the pool was like, oh, shit. So how many people are at the pool? This isn't just you and your buddies. No, there's like is... 60 or 70 people. Oh, and in the immediate vicinity that saw me do this, where it was at least 20 people, all the guys are laughing at me. I was like, dude, no, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. <laughs> As you limp. And we all run down to the beach. And I'm just like, okay, I can't feel anything. It's all right. And there's like a little bit of blood and some scrapes and stuff. Garcon, some more whiskey, yeah. please. <laughs> we get into the water and I'm like, okay, cool water. This feels good on it. Mm-hmm. We start to get out of the water and I look down my kneecaps like six times its Jesus. normal size. I was like, oh shit. Go through the rest of the day at night. I'm like, I can't bend my knee. Wake up the next morning and it is just in awful shape. And yeah. it to this day, what are we now? Six months out from it. Still hurts like hell. Jesus, I dude. still wear like kinesiology tape on it. Uh, I went to physical therapy for it. Like all this stupid <laughs> crap. It's, so that you you get to these doctors' appointments. I'm assuming you didn't go to the doctor in uh, Mexico. No. Yeah. No. Um, I suffered through it in Mexico and came home. Uh, tequila will take care of anything. Cures all ills. Yeah. Um, did you have to explain what happened every time? I did, and one of the doctors was like, "I like where this this story starts because I was like, I injured it at a bachelor party." He He's goes, like, awesome. Go and I was like, and I was only a couple drinks deep and it was because I fell at a pool. He goes, yeah, don't tell that second half. <laughs> He's like, come up with something cooler to finish off. He pulls the first up his half. pants. He's like, this is a good yeah. <laughs> Wrong guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a pretty dumb one. The other uh, dumb injury, it didn't. It only was like an injury because I couldn't work out for a week or two. <gasps> oh um, my god! Oh, it was right before we went skiing uh, a bunch of years ago. I was shoveling snow out from behind a dumpster at work. Right. And I went uh, to take another shovel full, and a jagged edge on the dumpster slit my uh, the top of my hand open, and I had a whole bunch of stitches. Right. Like nearly cut the vein. It was a really gruesome and gross-looking injury, but it didn't hurt. It was kind of weird. Well, probably because it was so deep that it, I mean, it probably felt like a cut. But yeah. yeah, but I was just like, oh, but my hand was like completely open. It was like this big smiley face, a uh, bunch of stitches. I did find out that I pulled three of the stitches when we were skiing. <clears throat> Remember when I ran into you in the woods? 
and we fell. <laughs> yes. And, which we have on video too. We have it on video. Uh, yeah, when we fell, I, I split the stitches open, which is why my scar looks so ugly today. Uh, so you'll never be a hand model. I'll never be a hand model. The doctor legitimately asked me, he goes, you know, do you want to see a plastic surgeon for that? I was like, it's a hand. Who gives a crap? Right. Like, well, you'd be matter. amazed. Like people do look at hands. Yeah. I want my hands to look like I've worked with them <laughs> behind a dumpster. <laughs> well, so I'm, not to make this about me, not to be a, a competitive victim. Uh, yes, yeah, so please. Compete. I have a scar right here, right along my index finger, in my left hand. And I would love to say that I had a dumpster scraping story but i was working at a coffee bar in high school <laughs> slicing a, do- uh, uh, a bagel and i went too deep with the bread knife oh and ouch. bled everywhere and all, bled over all over the bagel i was like i don't think this is it starbucks this. no no i worked at a place called coffee bar on oh. main street in west, or coffee tree uh on main street in westport which is no longer so there. was that your dumbest injury oh no, no no there's been plenty of so i i like to tell people that i broke my shoulder snowboarding which is true Absolutely true. Yeah. I broke my shoulder snowboarding. But what I don't tell people, what I leave out, as your doctor so suggested, is that I broke it getting off the lift. <laughs> <laughs> I caught an edge, went ass over tea kettle, and landed uh, with my arm extended, and my shoulder took the brunt of it and snapped. Uh, snapped. Collarbone? or No, no, no. The uh, I, don't, I don't know the name of the bone, but the ro- just, just south of the... Uh, of the rotator cuff? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. And I... I like to bring this up too because my brother broke his wrist snowboarding and cried the whole way home in the car. Uh, I skied the rest of the day, went to school the next day, and my mom, I remember, I'll never forget this. My mom walks into the middle of the cafeteria, basically like, Adam, come with me. I'm like, oh my God, this, this sucks. And she brought me uh, to the orthopedic surgeon. So did she see a difference in your arm? I think so. I think I was also like probably ghostly white and just not, not doing well. I mean, I was, you know, I I had a broken bone and I just didn't really care. Uh, my mom was like, yeah, I think maybe one of my teachers may have, may have called home and like, Adam, (laughs) he's crying a little bit. (laughs) Adam has been sleeping the entire morning and Mm. throwing up. Yeah. And that's normal for him usually, but you know, it's just been, it's been a little more intense. Um, so that would be my most intense or most stupid, injury. stupid injury. Yeah. Mohawk mountain in Connecticut. That's uh dude, it's a brutal, it's a brutal hill. <laughs> yeah. It was a tough one, man. It's, uh, you know, I'll never forget the, uh, the weather and how the <laughs> ski patrolman looked as he laughed at me, bring me down. <laughs> um, what job would you be terrible at? Um, investment banking. <laughs> Why so? <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, believe that. No, you're you right. look like it, an investment it, banker. What would I be terrible at? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what job do you think I would be terrible at? Um, you would be a horrible bar mitzvah motivator. <laughs> Is that a job? It's a job. That's a person that goes out, pulls thirteen-year-old kids onto the dance floor, and makes them dance. Wait, actually, there's one guy who's solely or girl. Don't be so sexist. All right, this isn't a patriarchy. There is a male or female or she male or unspecified gender person. Yes, that legitimate does it. Yeah, it's like it's a profession. That's so weird. I mean, I don't think every bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah has one, but I think uh, that there is the people that want to get the girls and boys to dance together. But you know, you're 13. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to talk. All right. So I think it's just kind of motivating the kids. I think you'd be horrible at that job, mostly because you're not a fun person. How <laughs> <laughs> you were saying you're not good with kids, you're not, and you hate the horror. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be a good surgeon. I do not have a steady hand. How about that? I can see that. 
So like, sure, medicine is interesting, but that doesn't mean that I could be a surgeon. Yeah, I, like no I, I look at you and I think you'd be a good doctor, but yeah, surgeon. If you if you have unsteady hands, that's not going to work. Not sure, I'd be a good doctor either, but surgeon, no way. No way. Okay, good. All right, marking marking that down in my little notebook here. Yeah, take it down. What do you wish you knew more about? Like, what's the subject that you wish you knew more about? As we get to know you, tell us what you want to know. I wish. Um, <clears throat> So it's funny talking about this flying and, you know, we talk about all the uh, like guy tendencies, habits or interests that we have, cars yep. and motorcycles and flying and stuff. I do wish I, I knew, I wish I knew more about cars and exactly how engines function okay. uh, and how that all how that all works and totally. be able to work on my own cars. And super practical too. Yeah. Yep, um, I get it. And I guess along those lines, I wish I knew more just about general contracting and carpentry. Because... You know, Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> he was a carpenter. And Joseph so. also worked on motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> he, was one of, he was one of the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> creators. He, he, he would wrench on him, man. It was good. Uh, I just think it's one of those life skills that I see other people have. And since I don't own my own home yet, I would love to have those skills going into owning my own place at some point. Totally. Uh, and I just envy the people that are able to do all that work. We have a we have a friend of a friend who uh, bought a house, uh, lives there with his wife, and they have single-handedly transformed this place in an otherwise you know, kind of unimpressive area into a beautiful home with really high-end finishes, and it's mm-hmm. all stuff that he's done himself or has designed himself and has you know people that he knows that can come and help him out. That's awesome. So... Uh, I know we ripped on Mark last episode for not being handy, oh, didn't God. we? We're uh, really bringing him up. He, uh, he he's just kept still texting he, us I, all all week. He's been te- well, you know, just so you know, I put this garbage disposal in. Great, yeah, yeah great. <laughs> I replaced the fan in my bathroom the other night. <laughs> like, Four screws. I mean, God forbid we we call him out on something that he's not uh, that he that, is good at. That he is good at. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's very rare to find anything that he's good at. Growing a beard. Apparently, he can grow a beard pretty pretty well. So, next question. What do you... Oh, no, we already did that. <laughs> Where's the most interesting place you've been? Um, To me, it's not as interesting anymore, but when I tell people I've been to Serbia, they're like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, My uh, best friend, one of my best friends from college um, is born and raised Serbian. The first time he ever stepped foot in the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, was when he came to college. Um. And we met freshman year, became really close, and uh, I've now been to Serbia five times, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, was the best man in his wedding. And you've always had uh, a really positive experience. I love it there. It is such a cool, I say country, I mean, I've, I've been around the country. I drove there from Czech Republic the first time, uh, and then one of the other times that I was there... Um, uh, flew down to uh, Montenegro, yeah, mm-hmm. Budva, um, and so we flew over the country. In such a short flight, you see a lot of the stuff. Totally. Uh, but the capital city, Belgrade, is such an awesome city. I know <laughs> a lot of Americans know it because that's what Clinton was bombing back in the '90s, right? And my friend tells scary but interesting stories. Um, we should ab- get him on the podcast <laughs> about being home. He would love to talk about this. Uh, Maybe so not just this specifically. I, I've been but, to the Belgrade airport. Yes, you've been to the airport. Uh, so I tell people that I've spent a lot of time in Serbia. Which, in that airport, um, is their military museum. 
and that's where oh. the was it the B two stealth bomber. The only one to ever be shot down was shot down by the Serbian military, and it's at that uh, airport. I'm pretty sure it's the B two stealth bomber. Wow, that's a um, small feat. Yeah, I, I I don't know. He he likes to brag about it. Uh, this this friend <laughs> about of mine. the destruction of American um, property. He goes, yes, buddy. The only the only B two bomber ever shot down by anybody was by Serbia. We have it in our museum. <laughs> so they shot it down, like, oh. but it's still workable enough to be in a museum. I think so, yeah. I, yeah. I, anytime I go there, we're never going to the military museum, even though it's right there at the airport. I do mm-hmm. want to go sometime. But the city is really, really cool. Uh, they've got all these restaurants and bars that are literally built on barges that are just floating on the river and that are What's connected. What's the river? Is it, it's not the Danube, is Danube, it? Danube, yeah. It is the Danube. Wow, yeah. holy shit. So that's, that's right. It's a major, you know, major shipping river. Um, okay. And then they've got this little, uh, this sort of inlet um, side river called the Sava, uh, which is where these bars and restaurants are. But they are like straight out of the clubs that you think of from Eurotrip or... Oh. I say hostel. That's you know those that starts to get a little. You're negative. not cutting your eyeball off. To no, a piece but of rich uh, it is just like absolutely bumping. And when you're in these places and you have a moment to stand still and are semi sober, you can feel the whole place bouncing because of the because it's over the water mm-hmm. and the whole thing's moving. If a boat goes by, you know when your ex girlfriend used to walk by, I could, do, I could feel the yeah, same thing. Yeah. You could feel the boat moving. Oh, you in high school, I could feel it moving. Yeah, she um, split the earth. That's awesome, man. So that's yeah that country that city. Uh, any, I remember the first few times that I went there, um, Serbians used to ask me like, "Do you are you having a good time here? Do you like?" It? I was like, "I love this place. It's so cool." Like, "Oh my god, we want more Americans to come here, please." Sure. I'm like, "Okay." Well, and what, doesn't your friend have a high powered job in the government? So he yeah. he's probably encouraging people to bring in yeah. foreign money to spend in Serbia. Yeah. What are you addicted to? Oh, uh, snacking, right now. Really? Yeah. I find myself... You're like super fit. How can you even... Well, I say snacking. I find myself always needing, especially for lunch and dinner, I always need like a a secondary item to be snacking on. So whether it's chips and salsa or, you know, a dip and hummus or something, I always am looking for that when I'm eating. And it's not even an appetizer. But at lunch especially, like if I just get a salad... Yeah, I'm always looking for a a bag of it could be a healthy chip thing or a healthy side thing, or but gr- I'm granola maybe. Yeah, I don't know, maybe some granola if I have some in the car. Um, <laughs> I'm always looking for that, and then I also find myself when I have peanut butter and uh, jelly or honey around, I'm always looking to put that onto like a cracker or huh. something and just ha- like consume that. It's Whoa. so weird. It's and it's only like maybe in the last year and a half. Uh, but it's become such a, a food habit of mine that I'm like really 100% recognizing it well, now. Well, it's good that you can recognize it. And Is this just, fat Nate coming out? No, but it's, it's, it's not... <laughs> I'm not getting fat from it. That's the weird thing. Right. Uh, I don't think. Hey, have you ever saved anyone's life? Yes. Okay. Um, just end it there. Don't even explain it. Okay. <laughs> no, Done. please explain it. Uh, when I was younger, um, I was at a pool and some kid, uh, who was significantly younger than me. I, when I say I was younger, I think I was 13, 14. Um, and this kid significantly younger than I was fell in the pool Yep. and just kind of like, you could tell he looked at me as he was like going under the water and couldn't 
actually swim. And it took me a couple seconds to realize like, oh crap, this kid just fell in the pool. Nobody saw him. Lifeguard didn't see him. And he actually doesn't know how to swim. So I just went over there, picked him up and like put him on the side of the pool. He started bawling his eyes out. I looked around. I was like, oh, I don't know. I just (laughs) got him out of the pool. And his mom came running over. He's like, oh my God, William, William, are you okay? And like, like looking at the kid like oh my god why is he crying i didn't i didn't do anything to him and the mother was like thank you so much nate thank you thank you and to this day when i see her she still remembers it i haven't seen her in a couple of years but she reminded me of it a few years ago when i ran into her in town she's like do you remember you saved my son at the pool that one summer and i was like i I guess so. I didn't realize it but it obviously sticks with you and he owes you a life debt yeah what I mean, should I what should I cash in? Fuck, dude. I gotta figure out what this guy does. First. Prima nocta with his wife on their wedding night. <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> Fucking King Richard or whatever. He owes it to you. That's crazy. King Richard? Yeah, from that what? wasn't that from uh oh it was Braveheart. Whatever the guy from um I don't even know. Yeah. You know, you could have he his men or he could have what they want. On the on your wedding night. What were some of the turning points in your life? Like what, can you really like find like these rowing, 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 hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Changed, um, changed the trajectory of high school so much. In what way? Well, first my, uh, my parents wanted me to look at boarding school. So we. Based on just your behavior? Thinking that my, the school, the high school that I went to was going to be too small for me by the time I was a senior. Okay. Which they were a hundred percent right. By the time I was a senior, I was like, this place is tiny. Like. Yeah, but you were the DJ of the radio stations. So. <laughs> yeah, so I did reach out a lot to, to a lot of other people, other grades, other parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they they thought I should start 10th grade at a boarding school. There would be more kids in my grade specifically, mm-hmm. and just I'd be able to do more. And I went through the whole process, looked at schools. Um, I don't know if I ever ended up applying to any or not, but I made the conscious decision not to go because... Uh, the particular school that I was most interested in, or maybe that I got accepted to, didn't have a rowing program. And so, even at that young age, you knew that you were. Yeah, I was hooked. Oh, so when when did let's back in, up? When did you start rowing? What, how old were you? Ninth grade. Ninth oh grade wow! Okay. Fall at the exact same time that you I started. You knew within looking. a year that you were going to continue rowing, and I knew within four months. No way. Yeah, because that you know applications are due in November, December. Right. Uh, right. And so I knew. Yeah, from that point. And maybe I, I guess I did apply and get in because then I made the decision in the spring that I didn't want to do it. Wow. Um, so that 100% was a turning point in my life. And it, like that was a, a entirely new focus. And sure enough, my high school became too small for me by the time I was a senior. And I would, ended up being closer to the guys that uh, were at the uh, other school that I rode with. So, you know, I had I had yeah. friends outside of, of my high school. Um, but it was also because I had the team as, as the outlet. It's good. Um, and then the other turning point, uh, I guess was in college when I realized that I need to approach my studies the exact same way I approached rowing, <laughs> which was so it's back to rowing again, go hard, go fast. Was don't stop. No, it was just, if you put in the time and the effort in your rowing and you're, you're smart about your training, you yeah. will see the results and so I needed to do the same thing in my in my academic studies, which I, I didn't do because wow. I, I came out of high school not having to really push myself to get, you know, decent grades, got me into a, a good college. 
Um, but in college, that's an entirely different story. Like there's no excuses. It's not so small that you can go to a professor and just say, I, I couldn't get this assignment done right now. Like, can I, can I just have right. an extra day or two? It's like, no, you're an adult. Like yeah. you are here Grow up. on your own, figure out how to get your stuff done yeah. and do it well. And so it took me, you know, basically until sophomore year, uh, to figure that out and, and make the transition and correlation between the two. And once I did, I remember go, I remember the exact test where it happened and it was in a course, uh, that I ended up TAing my senior year and was like fundamental and a big part of my major. Like it was a, a crucial part of getting my major credits, um, and of course, I'm spacing on the name now. My brother, my brother's <laughs> going to kill me, yeah, yeah. because he, because we both TA'd for the class. The professor was such an awesome guy. Awesome. Um, uh, I'll try and remember the name. Of it, are, but you, I, are you comfortable telling people where you went to college? Trinity College. Trinity College couldn't get into In an Ivy League. <laughs> In Dublin, yeah. <laughs> couldn't get into Duke. Had to get yeah, Trinity. Yeah, they call it the safety school for Ivies. They used to. Today, probably not. No, uh, but you know what's funny is I don't think I could get into my school now. It's like gotten that much more competitive. Dude, all schools have. It's insane. Yeah. I, it's nuts. To be like, hey, thanks for applying. Thanks. I love my experience there, though. I, I still love the college. I love going back there. Yeah. Um, I, I still do stuff with the school for for work things. But um, yeah, it, I remember there's, did you, this is such a dumb reference. Uh, the movie Van Wilder. Um, yes. With Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yep. I remember uh, a line in that movie uh about his academic records like six or seven years long and and the uh guidance counselor whoever said like yeah it looks like he didn't come out of his shell till mid-sophomore year (laughs) and i was like is that a sign of failure because i feel like that happened to me like i didn't really come out of my shell quote unquote right until mid-sophomore year and that was more on like the academic front so we're gonna cut out a lot of this well we kind of talked about this already but which of your scars has the best story behind it well, I don't know if that's a good story. Well, do you have a another scar on my hand? Um, I don't have any cool scars. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing cool that comes from that. Mostly because I'm not like I wasn't super adventurous as a kid. I'm not I like a daredevil. Yeah, I had a uh, I have a scar on my forehead, which is just a little small dot. I have a big scar on, the, on my cheek, but the one on my forehead, I remember distinctly being at Colin Daly's house, who was my best friend growing up. Sorry, Colin. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> no, this is fine. I don't. I think the statute of limitations has passed. Uh, his parents had this blue Buick, and this was back when every part of the car was made out of metal. Mm. And I was walking along on the curb, walking back and forth because the um, the rear view or, or the the rear window had those defroster strips on them, oh, which yeah. they still yeah. have. And for some reason, I was really curious as to whether or not you could see the stripes on either side. <laughs> Stupid. Like why? <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. Yeah, well, anyway, so I'm, I'm walking back and forth on this curb trying to look into the car and see if I can see it on both sides. My foot slips, and I slam my head into... The corner. The hubcap. Oh. And this was like like sheet metal hubcaps. I mean, this Ow. was just giant Buick wheels. Uh, and I remember picking my head back up and just... I couldn't see out of my eyes because there was so much blood in them. <laughs> like, everything just looked red and foggy. Uh, and I remember my dad picking me up and putting me on... Um, we lived close by and putting me on the uh, counter in, in our kitchen and just like trying to stop the bleeding from my forehead <laughs> turns you upside uh, down. And yeah. So I don't know if it's a great story, but it was, you know, curiosity killed the cat or at least took one of his lives. Um, I've got a dumb, I, there's not really a, uh, I don't think there's a scar anymore from it, but, uh, just a 
pure stupidity moment another white sport i was swimming oh one winter uh eh, well whatever swimming indoors of course indoors yes not outdoors um and the the coach was like teaching us how to do the proper start or something and he said something about a sailor dive which if you don't know what a sailor dive Into is to the side no it's like straight up in the air and straight down into the water so instead of diving out and away from a oh, block yeah. or from the side, it's like yeah. straight up and then down. But he was also trying to get us to hold our hands behind our back. It was something about like leading with your head instead of your hands or your shoulders or something. Okay, and not I an com- easy task. I combined the the two things together. Sailor dove straight up in the air and down into the water with my hands behind my back in the shallow end of the pool. Oh, Jesus. Forehead right to the bottom of the pool. I had braces at the time, oh smashed the two front brackets, Ooh. and then stayed home from school for three days in concussion therapy. No way. Yeah. I mean, that's on the that's on the coach. That was fucked up. Yeah. That the lifeguard jumped in, pulled me out of the water. Did you knock yourself out? Were you? I didn't, but I was I was out of it for sure. Oh hell yeah. A hundred percent. I had a flash image of being in English class. <laughs> I remember this. I was like, boom, in English class, and the teacher was asking me a question. Yeah. And this is like straight out of a movie. Uh, you know, teacher's asking me a question and I can't respond. And I'm thinking like, what? I didn't understand the question that she was asking. I was co- trying to come up with a response. It didn't make any sense to me. And then all of a sudden, next thing I knew, I was floating in the water and the lifeguard was right in front of me. So I don't know if the lifeguard was asking me a question. And all of a sudden, I'm just Whoa. envisioning this in my head as Whoa. being in English class. And that's why they put me on <laughs> concussion yeah, okay. Dude, protocol. You might still need to be on concussion, concussion yeah. protocol. Wow. So I wish there was still a scar from that, but. Ugh, damn, that would uh, that'd fuck you up. That's kind of like a dumb injury, too. Yeah, but that's not on you. It wasn't on that me. Was, yeah. That's on the coach. Just, Did the coach get fired? <laughs> no. no. The coach is still around? No? no. I have no idea. I don't think they gave a shit. I was on like the C squad. <laughs> this was back when I was fat, too. They were like, no, you're actually just sinking. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know how to dive, yeah. but you sink also. <laughs> All the water kept leaving the pool. And they're like, this guy, it's costing us some money. Get him uh, out. <laughs> well, all right. So to that end, if your childhood had a smell, what would it be? Chlorine? Farts. Farts? <laughs> yeah, that's probably me too. Had a smell. Uh, I remember a lot of Play-Doh and that yeah. smell of Play-Doh. And then those- I'll take you back. What idiot came up with those um, scent of, those scented markers? Oh, I used to get high as fuck off of them. I wouldn't get high. I would color my tongue. Like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Because you smell it and you're like, wow, this smells great. It's got to taste great right. too. And I just, ah, oh, just, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, what the hell was Crayola, whoever, yeah. thinking when they came up with that? I, well, clearly, the thing. Hopefully, he's non toxic. Well, maybe. Jury's still out. It could, could explain a lot of things. The, uh, but that's the same with Play Doh. Like, you smell Play Doh and you're like, ooh, I really want to eat this. And then you eat it and it's like salty, oh, disgusting. Oh, and think yeah. how many hands it's been coursing through. Yeah, that's like horrible to think of. Well, also, they're back into slime these days. Yeah. In school. That actually might be one of the smells from my childhood that almost defines my childhood is the smell of slime. Yeah, what was that like goopy stuff that came in those little plastic eggs? Yeah, from uh, the supermarket. There's slime. I think we called it slime. Is that what it was? And yeah. it had it had an indent on the inside of the egg of like some image. Yeah. Uh, so you like press it in and, and peel it out and you're like, oh, look, there's a, a picture of something yeah. indented in here. And you just yep. smash They're all it like up. Neon colors and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, what was uh, It's slime. There's got to be a particular name. Yeah. Totally. We'll have to. We'll, we'll have that answer for next time. <laughs> next time. Um, this is my last question, man. Okay. Um, 
how do you get in the way of your own success? Damn. That's fucking deep. Uh, procrastinating. But is, it, is that just it? Because I feel like, I mean, that's sort of everyone's default, right? Like, yeah, you're right. Um, I think I, I think I convince myself that I either have enough time later to do, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about success in business, but, um, let's pick, I, I still like to, or want to row and compete at a high level. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I wake up in the morning and I just think, I don't need to do this right now. Why am I getting up right now to do it? I can do it later on in the day. And I right. think about my schedule for the rest of the day. Like, yeah, no problem. I can do it. And then all of a sudden five or six o'clock rolls around and I'm like, wait a second. I can't, I can't go get exercise. I got to go home. I got to make dinner. I got to take care of the dog. Like, right. I need to be present for my wife or something like, and all of a sudden, boom, there goes a day without a, an exercise, <laughs> without a workout. And like yeah. the next day, same thing might happen. And then on the work front, same deal. It's just like, you know, it, it doesn't have to get done today or I'll have time to do this later on. Yep. And then all of a sudden everything snowballs and you get backed up. And then you don't accomplish a task and then you push it for the next day. And then that right. gets all backed up. Yeah. It's, it's poisonous procrastination. Yeah. And I, I go through, almost. I go through these little like spurts of having a 110% like dedication and motivation to get something done. And I can drive like crazy doing that, but it just comes in these short intervals that when it's not going, I still, I still get things done, but I find myself on on major pieces of life or or business not executing on the important things and getting sidetracked by some of the small things because the small things they're not it's not that they're fun but i think you just can knock off those tasks much easier and faster so it feels like you're doing something but in the reality in reality it's just like okay those were all worthless little things that you just took care of and didn't actually complete a, a bigger picture you're almost putting off the inevitable. Things. Yeah, and yeah. and it's just like, why? What's what's the point of that? Or I just every once in a while, for for work, I have to do these samplings or demos mm-hmm. and um, these in store tastings for a product, and I'll get to a place and I'll just sit there and be like, I don't want to go in there. Yeah. I now have to be switched on and, and talk to people. Ugh, it's just that like that's horrible. <laughs> and I think of every excuse in the world to not do it, and then sure enough. I go in there, I do it. At the end of it, I sell, you know, a large amount of product or something. I had a, I had a connection or a meeting with somebody that I get to follow up on. And I think like, okay, so all that took was three or four hours. Was it really that hard? No. And look at all this that came out of it. Right. And, and you're just like, this happens every single time. Or like <laughs> when you finally get your ass out of bed to go work out and not put it off till the afternoon, you come home and you're, you know, eating breakfast still at 7 a.m. You're like, I feel great. And yeah. I've already worked out. Yep. So why the hell do I keep self-destructing when it comes to the point of, of having to execute on whatever small or large the task is? generally happens with the quote-unquote larger things right it's just like why 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 are you tricking yourself why are you scared of doing it yeah Uh, i i I, yeah it's it's probably both honestly it's probably like just being scared of it and and just not not wanting to go through the hassle um but it's also tricking yourself of just like "Eh, i can put this off is that a a natural human tendency for everybody absolutely because i feel like you only read about the the absolute uh, viral successes or the, I say viral success, the explosive successes of people who are just always on. Yes. Um, and you just wonder to yourself, you're like, well, wait a second, why am I not like that person? 
Yeah, but I think it's a mutation. I think it doesn't yeah. really. It shouldn't. I exist think it's there. the. It's not the ordinary. Right. It's not the rule. It's the exception. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that those people that are those super type A, like go, 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 probably have like mental breakdowns yeah. and like they're probably trying to keep going because they're hiding something else that they really need to confront and they just yeah. don't have, they don't want to confront that. So they get lost. Yeah, and that's, else. you're right. That's the curious thing. It's just like, wait a second. They are beyond successful in the business world, for instance, or mm-hmm. in a, in their personal life or whatever. Yep. Uh, but yeah, do they not shut down? Do they not have these moments of personal doubt or? I'm sure they do. I, everyone has to, unless you're like a sociopath, right? <laughs> That's probably the definition. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like they do have these these moments of of self doubt, and probably the only thing that propels them forward on that is knowing that they don't have if they if they took the time to stop and think about what they were doing, that it would everything would crumble around them. So they need yeah. to keep going. I think I'm not one of those people. Clearly I procrastinate and I'm super lazy, but I will, I will say you almost always have an upbeat attitude about anything and everything. Mm, I have, I, I don't know if I've maybe have once seen you down about something, but everything else is in a pretty positive light. I like to think that I'm an optimist. Yeah. Um, which actually I used to think was a great thing. And now I think it's probably a little bit of a curse because <laughs> you, you expect all these awesome things to happen. And then when they don't, you're almost, it's almost magnified how horrible they are. No, but instead of, instead of a great thing not happening, you just accept what is happening. Yes. And uh, not wishing for anything more or less and just embracing what's, what's real. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Give or take. <laughs> I, I, I could probably argue with you on a few of those points, but yeah, for the most part, I, I'm not really, out to like like you may say man this whiskey tastes like shit like this is a bad bottle right and that's and like okay yeah i guess you're right there but right. it's you're i'm trying to think about like a good tangible uh example well, honestly it's just like i i from my point of view like i life is too short to worry about things that you're disappointed by like yes. just just move on find something else that does bring you joy and you'll, you'll be fine yeah i i agree with that and i think it's just sometimes hard to embrace that though totally and it takes effort yeah. But fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it. It's fuck effort, man. It's life. Whatever, man. Yeah. Um, so I hope you like this little experiment that I did today. I All don't right. know if it's, uh, I don't know if it was successful. Um, I feel like I need to be drunker. Yeah, probably. I, so I, at work today, I drank a kickstart, like a Mountain Dew kickstart, oh which is like a God. Red Bull, uh, because I had like this really bad headache. I was super tired. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be pumped up for this thing. Get jacked up. Yeah. I'm going to go. Uh, and then I got home and I started having this horrible allergy attack. So I took two Benadryl. <laughs> um, so that's why I'm like, kind of like, Hey man, completely just, counteract. You just tell me everything about you. Yeah. I'm going to sit here and do nothing. I'm uh, going to not say like, I probably have said like, I see, I, I don't said a hundred percent, almost a hundred percent of the time last podcast <laughs> it's if you pay attention to it though yeah like it's gonna drive you crazy and then you're not actually gonna be speaking like extemporaneously you're yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be so manufactured so give or take you'll just be listening to that one like little tick right. that somebody has it's horrible yeah. and i say it all the time i say like and dude all the time but, yeah, but you're laid back you know i mean you had benadryl before the last episode too so did i <laughs> probably <laughs> i've had such bad allergies um but is yeah. it your cat finally? Or is oh, it it's definitely season? my cat. It's definitely my cat. And the other thing too, and this is, wow, 
this is a topic that no one gives a fuck about. My heater in our house, we have uh, we have forced air. It the um, filter was totally like oh, is destroyed, destroyed and yeah. gummed up and everything. So I just replaced it. You subscribed to a filter service. I subscribed to a filter service and got hospital grade filtration. How it, many subscription services does this world need? Well, I subscribe to most of them, so clearly <laughs> one more to get a, a filter. But that's the type of thing that I don't want to think about, and I'm not going to remember how long that thing was up in my attic. So when they send me a new filter in six months, I'll be like, oh, right, it's time to change Is that the how filter. often it has to be replaced? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This last one I think I replaced a year and a half ago, and it was black Ugh. and just disgusting. And I'm like, no wonder I have allergies. Like, nothing is getting through here, and the stuff that is is just forced through. Like, I hear all those mold commercial, uh, mold ventilation services from like news radio uh, commercials, and I'm just yeah. like, I can't believe that's a thing to worry about. In yeah, like and there's a, a it's a scale. It's called a Merv scale, M E R V. And the <laughs> higher the higher the number, the more um, the higher grade it is, the higher the um, the filtration. So right now, I like viruses and stuff should be getting caught in this filter up there yeah hopefully shit you don't need yeah. to know most houses have a merv 8 but this house has a merv 13 oh so it's not even out of 10 no it goes i think it goes up to like 16 or 17 13 is no good then i know but you can't actually buy anything you you have to get like you have to have you have to have a special license <laughs> you have to take a test through the faa strangely <laughs> the faa certifies um, this no but you need to actually like i think i think you have to work in like with virology like it has to be like a okay a, so yeah, like some zone. of those like cdc yeah zones right i mean that's like an 18 let's like pure clean room like at Intel working on microchips. <laughs> Not in my house. All I want is just the cat dander to be sucked up by something other than my nose. I need you to fix your racing drone. Speaking of microchips. I do. Although um, we're going into winter, so it's not like we can really fly. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that I look at all the time and I get bummed out because I really do enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. It's cool. It. And it's fun. And unfortunately, both of my or both times I've tried to fly my racing drone, it's crashed. Uh, or exploded or caught fire. I've, ca- I've crashed mine every single time too. Right. Sorry. Might have, might have caught fire. fire. Um, and that's just kind of a bummer because I, Nate and I have the exact same drones. We built them together and I think it was, I'm, I'm sure it was pilot error. I know that it was pilot error. <laughs> Reading all these test questions, I know it was pilot error <laughs> um, that stopped one of my blades from spinning and overheated one of the microchips, which caught, caught fire. It was like instantaneous. It happened so quickly that... Um, yeah, there's really no way to fix that. You just kind of have to let it burn. And so I did it again. Same thing happened. Uh, I started soldering off the old microchip. I haven't put the new one on yet. Get it in. Then I have to reprogram it. It's, just, it's like, better to fly when it's cold, too, because it'll perform better. That's true. Because why? Last. <laughs> More stable air? No, no. The dare is the, the, dare. the air is less dense in cold in cold weather but the battery remember i think the last time i flew it was in the winter uh, in the summer and the battery puffed up and almost right. exploded because it got so hot that's right so in the cold air it should hopefully be better yeah man i see that just hearing like talking about it makes me so excited like i really do want to go out and race these yeah. things again because they're so fun yeah um and we've never flown them at the same time right and hit each other midair because I know that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's definitely going to happen, especially after I get it all working yeah. and flying properly. It's I'm Which I don't it. get because it's such a huge area and you're yeah. inevitably going to hit each other. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, but it's just like the animals on the road that we talked about last time. Yeah. Like I, there's, you have the entire road to 
to move around or the woods. Yep. But of course, you're coming out the moment that my tire is coming right here. Yeah. Same deal. We'll be on a football field. You and I could be 100 yards away from each other, and we have all of the air in the world, and we're going to hit each other. Um, all right, man. Good no, experiment. Good experiment. <laughs> got to know Nate a little well, bit better. Uh, got to listen to me in my, my drug-induced haze. Um, but it was fun. And, and we'll probably have something more intelligent to talk about next time. I'll have to do a Q&A back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm afraid of. Is like you asked me questions. <laughs> I was like, I would hate to answer all these questions. <laughs> that's why you're coming up with them. Yeah. Actually, I think next time I want the questions that uh, you had to, or was, you were Lindsay that had to read to Bill for Sarah's bachelorette party. Oh my god. I want those questions for me, and then ask my wife. No, we'll just ask you the questions that oh. we were at that they were asking Bill. Okay. It's perverted, but okay. Yeah. That's well. You know what? I like it. <laughs> Uh, okay, this has been another episode of If You're Bored. If you're bored, you're probably listening to this uh, podcast. Oh, <laughs> and you've made it this far. Yeah, uh, I'm Adam Drake. I'm Nate. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.